Welcome to the Nutrition Insight Project. I'm Hannah Saffold, your podcast host. I'm a dietitian, educator, creator, and mom. Here I'll be sharing with you my journey working on creating change in the nutrition world. We'll talk about all things nutrition and we'll go on some tangents too. I'm going to let my curiosity take the lead and I'm so excited you're here. Let's jump right in. Hello, my friends. I was just going to hit record and this plane, this really loud plane just flew flew by and I was just laughing to myself like just waiting for the plane to go by. <laughs> I'm joining you on a beautiful morning here. Springtime is here and I hope you are doing well today. How are you doing today? Good, I hope. And if not, hopefully connecting through this podcast will help your day go better. So I'm going to be talking about the third pillar of the Nutrition Insight Project today. I'll do a little recap of pillar one and pillar two, and then we'll end the episode with a business and life update. So stick around if you're into that. Other podcasts do this, so I'm going to do this. This episode is sponsored by Hannah Saffold Nutrition (laughs) and the Nutrition Insight Project. (laughs) I'm kind of kidding, but this is a one-woman show. It is me. Uh, I do all of the recording, editing, and all of that, except for when I've done a guest and sometimes we the other person records, but I do all my own editing and all of that. So uh, this is a labor of love for sure. And it has been so fun to see such a steady group of you all out there engaging in the podcast. So regularly, I have a small but mighty crew that listen. And to you all, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I wanted to share with you, I can tell on my platform here, We have most, of course, most of the people are tuning in uh, from the United States, but I have a few listeners from Germany, Australia, the United Kingdom, and the Netherlands. So if you are joining from another country, that is wonderful and so fun, so fun to see other countries uh, popping up on there, tuning in. Wonderful. I'm so curious as to how this nutrition message and work Uh, relates to y'all over there in the other countries. So if you're tuning in from another country, uh, I would be really interested to hear if there are differences and similarities. Very cool. And I would like to share with you some recent reviews. Well, fairly recent reviews on this podcast. And you know, I always appreciate it if you rate and review, especially on Apple, because that means that more people can find the podcast, and that is in line with my mission. Okay, here's the first review. I'm going to read. A leader. Hannah is a dedicated dietitian with a heart of gold. I wish I knew someone like Hannah when I was just getting out of nutrition school. She's a natural leader and wants to especially help new dietitians start strong and to learn more about themselves and understand their own relationship with food. I wish I had a professor in school who helped me look inward and learn more about myself and how I felt about food. Hannah's doing this, and she keeps it real. She's solid and is going to lead this profession forward. Keep doing what you're doing, Hannah. Oh, I love that. That means so much to me. Thank you so much to that listener. Here is another uh, review from Apple. Five stars. A much-needed new podcast. 
Hannah has found a real gap in the dietitian and nutrition teaching space that needs to be addressed and talked about. She's also just such a bright, nurturing, and authentic person, which really comes through on this podcast. I can't wait for more episodes. Ah, so sweet. Last one. Hannah puts so much care into the work that she does. Her mission is so important, and she pours all of her heart and extensive knowledge into helping others reflect and take action. Important and inspiring. So if you feel so inclined to leave a review, just a few words. Uh, I love that. If you have constructive criticism, I would appreciate if you don't leave that on a review. Uh, I re Obviously, I read and take to heart all the feedback I get. But if you have some um, advice for me or feedback that is not so positive, you can always email me, nutritioninsightproject at gmail.com or find me on Instagram, same name, Nutrition Insight Project. I'm open to feedback. I'm totally open to feedback, and at the same time, uh, I don't want to turn people off if I have negative reviews, so I appreciate appreciate all types of feedback, but uh, try to ke keep the reviews positive if you can. All right, so let's move on to uh, the Nutrition Insight Project. And if you've missed the Pillar 1 and Pillar 2, you might want to pause this and go back and listen to those two first um, if you're just jumping in here uh, now at Pillar 3. Pillar 1 is around that self-awareness, right? Developing insight into our own behaviors and around food and our body specifically. This is kind of tuning into our intuition, our deep knowing, and checking in with our physical and emotional health and noticing when something might need to be changed. It can also be uh, having loved ones express concerns to you or trusted health professionals may also help to reflect if things are out of balance for you in your life with your health. Sometimes it helps to have someone from the outside uh, point things out. We, we might, you know, there's, there's different reasons why we might not notice it or we might be in a bit of denial ourselves if something is a problem. So having people we love, people we trust help to reflect back to us could be another way. Another way is just knowing that our emotional state and any an emotional distress, as well as our physical symptoms, are signs for us. These are messages from our body and our spirit, letting us know that things are not aligned and that things need to change. So being awake to those as signals, whether that's feeling anxiety or depression, blech, uh, or whether that are physical symptoms like low energy, uh, menstrual irregularities, dizziness. These are all physical symptoms that, that could be telling us that something needs to change. It could also be markers of our health and uh, through like laboratory tests, right? Those could be telling us that something is out of whack and might need to, to change. So of course, we're going to look at the full picture and this is an individualized process. And at the same time, I would say the universal is that when we have suffering, and I would say, especially when we have deep suffering around something, it forces us to reevaluate our life and our behaviors and can push us to make a change to get out of that suffering. 
sometimes it takes some outside support, whether that's a therapist, a dietitian, mentors, friends. Sometimes it takes those trusted people to help us when we, we get into those states. And, and sometimes, sometimes we just want someone to sit with us in that suck for a while, in that suffering, uh, and validate our experience. And then when we're ready, we have to be ready in order to make a change. Then when we're ready, we can try to set ourselves up with support and tools that we may need to make and, and integrate the changes. Support people can help if we feel, if we're feeling a lot of confusion, overwhelm, uh, we're having a hard time integrating what we know and our actual behaviors. So that's the first pillar of the Nutrition Insight Project, and that really is actually the heart of the Nutrition Insight Project, is helping to hopefully plant the seeds for people and have that spark of recognition of oh, what I'm experiencing doesn't have to be this way, or something is out of alignment here with my nutrition and my food, and that perhaps you could need support to help get back into alignment and into better physical, mental, emotional, social health. Pillar two is around this, this balance of self-compassion, acceptance, and action. It's really a balance between self-compassion and discipline because when things are out of alignment we need to have that push that impetus that especially that initial motivation to change our behaviors so pillar two is all about finding what you need and how you need to shift for example some people may need more structure in their food intake and in their life around food and movement and exercise other people may need less structure and rigidity around their food and exercise. So really it's about trying to find a little more balance, being able to course correct, and figuring out how to implement that in a way that feels, I was going to say, that it feels easy or feels like it, it works for you. But at the same time, like when we're changing behaviors, especially if they have been ingrained for a long time, it's not going to feel easy in the beginning, and it's not going to feel, might not feel fun. It might feel very uncomfortable, actually. So just, I guess, maybe being ready for that and being ready to have space and time and energy in your life to, to put forth into course correcting and making those behavior changes and getting into more alignment to support your physical and mental health. Part of that is also unpacking what stories we might be telling us, what self-limiting beliefs that we might be holding that might be keeping us stuck in these old patterns. So some of that is looking honestly at what, what are the thoughts and beliefs that are going to potentially get in the way and sabotage these new behaviors that you're trying to get started. There was this um, model of behavior change and learning that I liked because I felt like it really applies to nutrition change. It's it's kind of around this idea that in the beginning, we are, in terms of learning and changing, we often are unconscious of what needs to change and we are, we are not competent. So it's kind of unconscious, uncompetent. And then what happens when we decide we want to change, we are conscious and we are still incompetent. 
I don't mean to say it sounds kind of mean. I don't mean I just you'll get you'll get it. Follow me here. Follow me. Stay with me. So you know something needs to change, but you haven't changed anything yet. So you're conscious of it and now you're still incompetent. And then that next step of behavior change and learning is like the pillar number two, where you're conscious of what needs to change and you're competent in that behavior. You're doing it, but it really takes a lot of conscious behavior in order to be competent in that new behavior. So that's like the third step. And then unconscious and competence. So you are now, you can do something without being conscious of it. It's like an ingrained habit now where you're unconscious and you are also now competent. So this is really, I think, applies to our eating and our exercise. We get into a place where we are unconscious uh, of our behaviors and we can either be not competent or we can be competent. And depending on what you're going through, that might look a little bit different. So I feel like that model was helpful because while you're in that conscious competence, it's like you can be competent in, in that behavior, yet it takes a lot of that conscious effort. And over time, uh, and you know, the, the research around habits says it's at least 30 days, if not more, uh, over time that that new habit can become an unconscious competence where it doesn't take as much of that conscious energy to keep that new behavior going and self-supporting. The other thing that we are building in, in this part, uh, pillar two, is uh, emotional durability. And what that may, means to me is making, uh, doing, basically doing hard things. I know that sounds really cliche. <laughs> But we can create a more emotional durability when we put ourselves into challenging new situations, whether that is uh, new food situations where maybe I'm trying out new foods, new eating patterns, uh, maybe I'm trying out a new exercise regimen, new movement, uh, maybe it's in a different social setting, maybe it's in a group setting or with different people. Um, anytime that I'm putting myself into an, a, a new situation that can be a little bit unsettling, maybe cause some anxiety, that is a time for me to practice the, my durability. And we have to practice these these things over time in order to become more competent in them. So it's not just a matter of sitting back and hoping that things change. It's a matter of consciously leaning in to the hard things, leaning into what we might avoid if that is something that we feel like we need and to bring more of into our life. So that could be putting yourself into more social situations to make friends, make connections. Maybe it's in your business where you are, you are having to put yourself into networking more, marketing more, social media more. Maybe this feels uncomfortable. I know for me, it definitely does and did for sure in the beginning. Um, and as we push ourselves out of our comfort zones, that's where the growth can happen. That is where um, things can really start to come alive and be more in alignment. All right, now moving on to pillar three. And this is really uh, 
you know, kind of after the Nutrition Insight Project. So really the Nutrition Insight Project is the toolkit I created, which is a course. It's also um, one-on-one connection mentorship with me. Um, And that's really around the insight and the behavior change part. Um, Part three, I would say, is more after. And that is the recognition that we are always going to be evolving as we move through our lives, as we move through our lives in terms of our own personal relationship with food and our body, but also our work lives, our professional lives, our social lives, as we move through time, things are going to change. And we run the risk, especially around nutrition and food, for us to get kind of rigid in our thinking. And for me, I've always... (laughs) try to stay away from that black or white thinking, that good or bad. And at the same time, with that evolution is a willingness to keep perspective and to stay aware and to stay awake of our own relationship with food and our body. Not get so tied to any one way of eating or framework, not become so rigid that you can't see when things are out of balance again. Because inevitably, uh, with life and with biology and physiology, things are going to change. And we need to be able to be flexible enough with our eating habits and our patterns in order to then shift. So what I needed when I was a 20-year-old healing my own relationship with food is different than what I need now in my 40s having had this much time uh, and, and being at a completely different place physically, mentally, emotionally. It can be tempting because our brains really like certainty and control in or it can be really tempting to kind of settle into a pattern and just kind of continue that pattern Uh, but in in life and with nutrition certainly it's really important to maintain that flexibility that awareness to to be able to be awake for when my health um, my health markers, my emotional markers, like how my emotional state, I need to be able to, to be in tune with that and be able to adjust. And still, we are still within that foundation of deep self-acceptance. And I, I come on here and I show up and I, I try to share what I I hope is helpful and that you all find valuable around nutrition. And at the same time, it's like, I'm human too. And I'm not here saying I have my, all of my stuff figured out. I am still constantly trying to, to grow and to push myself and to accept myself. It's that balance as a human. So I don't, I hope that you're not sitting there thinking, oh, this Hannah, she just gets on her on her soapbox and oh I bet she eats what like blah 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 you know I don't really I don't want you to project that onto me because I I um, have my moments too where I need to course correct and I'm saying all of this with deep compassion for you all in my heart and I hope you can feel that one of the parts of this pillar three this long-term evolution of our relationship to food and our body is having a big view of our health and recognizing that our mindset, our sleep, our connection, our love 
our emotional health, our biological objectives as animals, all of these things are going to be important for our long-term health and well-being. Well, while nutrition, of course, is one really important part of the picture, it's not the only part. So you could have what I don't know what this would be, but you could have like the ideal diet. But if you are not taking care of your sleep, your movement, your stress, your connection, and also your meaning in life. I feel like that is something that is also really important for this process of healing, of change, is this idea of having a compelling future. The why behind all of this is what what is my calling? Where am I going? And I think a lot of people, if they don't have that, it can be really hard to to see a purpose of, well, why would I even try to do these really hard things? So making sure that, that you're moving towards a compelling future, having those big dreams, having things that you feel, you know, having realistic dreams, but also having big dreams. And I'm trying to embody that myself with the work that I'm doing and finding a balance of what I hope and dream for this Nutrition Insight project and for this part of my career, and also balancing that with, you know, the short-term goals and the readjustments and managing the disappointments and, and all of that, recognizing that my worth goes far beyond what I do in my career, and I'm hoping that you all can find that balance too. For me, I tend to focus on the prop, what I perceive as the problems. <laughs> I I don't know if you resonate with this, but like instead of looking at how um, I was able to be credentialed with three insurance companies, I'm looking at the one that denied me. Or instead of looking at the systems I have already set up in place, I'm focusing on the ones that I'm having struggles with. And and I think part of that is around like wanting safety and yeah, to have some control over things. And, and at the same time, I need to work on allowing myself to see my successes. And I have a hard time with that. I really do. So it's something that, that I'm working on, not just seeing the successes, but also remembering my value as a human goes far beyond uh, what I do and what, what I'm doing in my career. Being a parent has given me a lot more of that meaning and I'm continuing to try to cultivate it within myself, regardless of what is going on and what I'm doing and being on the on the exterior. Recognizing that things are going to evolve over time and being open to changing our mind, being open to change in general, because things will change. And I've definitely changed a lot of my beliefs around nutrition uh, over the last 20 years or so. <laughs> and a lot of, uh, of the research has also pushed me to change my beliefs around things. There's certain things that I thought were total bogus diet culture BS that there is some more research now that's showing that perhaps some of them did have some truth around it. Go figure, right? Do I still think that some of them might be harmful for people if they're in uh, eating disorder recovery? Yeah. Any any diet or extreme way of eating um, is going to put people who are at risk for eating disorders at more risk. Um, and at the same time, 
especially through my work that I've done in my master's program, I, you know, my public health, health course, my community nutrition course, I have to also remember that not everyone is at a high risk for an eating disorder. And like I said, there are so many facets of health. While I do think, of course, there are larger changes in our systems that need to happen, I think focusing from on the individual level of what we can control and, and doing the best with the behavior change changes we can do and and working on that emotional durability and that that empowerment and self-efficacy that we can and do have the power to change some of our uh physical health and mental health i believe in that and i have and i have a lot of faith and hope in humans um regardless of your starting point regardless of like the systemic barriers at, that are put in place i th i think the message that i want to share is one of hope that even making a small change if it gets you into more alignment and gets you some relief from suffering and it's supporting your physical and mental health it is good and it is worthy of pursuit and this is why I do the work that I do is because I believe in the power behind this work. And I believe that through this work and healing, we can get closer to knowing ourselves and to try to help relieve some suffering. I think that's all I'm going to share about these pillars. And I hope that you have found them, help them helpful. And if you are interested in learning more about the nutrition work that I do, if you even just want to reach out and let me know how this landed, I would love to hear it. Okay, transitioning to just a quick life work update. <laughs> Life life update. Let's start there. That is pretty fun. Uh, fully recovered from the marathon and looking at the next trail race that I'm going to be doing in July. So more on that later. I have just been enjoying the springtime in the Pacific Northwest with all of these beautiful wildflowers. And it's really fun because they come in waves and in the beginning of spring we had the daffodils those are really the first ones to pop up these wild daffodils throughout my community and then we have the trillium are one of the other early spring flowers that pop up and then now in the last week or so we've had a whole bunch of other ones that I don't even know the name of all of them uh, but I've had so much fun watching how the landscape is evolving with the changing of the seasons it really brings me a lot of joy as I'm exploring and walking on trails to be able to see uh, the beauty that's sprouting up all around me. I'm really thankful and appreciative for that. My kids are wrapping up school pretty soon, so that is exciting. We have a few trips planned this summer, nothing, nothing too big. Like I said, I, I do have another race coming up in the summer, and that should be exciting and fun. Something to look forward to. <laughs> I had shared on here that I was dealing with some health struggles and, and it feels like with the changing of the seasons that has um, improved and with the relief from that pain has come just, just easier to be in a positive space. And my heart really goes out to anyone who is dealing with chronic pain and mine certainly was not 
um, super severe, but it was just enough to, uh, you know, really get to my, get to my mood. It really pushed me to work on my coping skills. And luckily I think with the spring and the change of the season, uh, things are starting to look up for that. So that feels very encouraging. I'm really enjoying the YMCA that I'm going to. I just love the community aspect and I'm so inspired by the people that I see there. It really brightens my day to go. And I'll usually do a little warm-up uh, cardio and then I'll just I'll do the weights. Like I said, that's, that's one of the goals of mine. Just a couple times a week getting in there. And then I'll, I'll jump in the sauna and then take a nice cool shower after. And I just, I just love it. I love how everyone says hello and most people are smiling and there's all different types of people. And it, I think being in the world more and just getting out into the community and less time on the screens online, uh, just really benefits me. So I, I am falling more into balance with all of that. And part of that has involved getting out more into my community and my work has been picking up. So I haven't had the time, I really haven't had the time to spend as much time going down the, uh, the online rabbit hole. Um, with work, I'm just steadily building my private practice here in uh, Eugene, Oregon. I do have uh, some telehealth clients from other places, but I'm, I have a good balance of in-person clients and online clients, and it's been going pretty, pretty well. So just slowly steady, just building that up. I am possibly looking at adding in a part-time eating disorder job here. We'll see. I have not received an offer yet, so we'll see if that happens. I am loving in-person work. And I know a lot of people really like online work and they love the flexibility, but for the work that I do with my clients around eating disorders, especially um, if people are really suffering or um, especially for my youngest clients, having in-person treatment uh, can be, I've found it can be way more effective. And maybe that's a controversial opinion, but it's been my experience having been in both treatment settings that the in-person work, I feel like, is better for a lot of the clients. Of course, some clients do fine, especially like our high, highly motivated adult clients. Um, online can be fine, it can be great, it can work. Um, but I do think uh, there is something about being in the room with someone and that work uh, really feeds me, it really lights me up. As a clinician, I'm trying to get more of that into my life. So. To be announced later on, I'll let you know what happens with that in-person possibility for me. I would still keep my private practice going, but perhaps, you know, adding this on the side. I also received some pretty good news about my teaching position. I will be teaching again at the community college in the fall. So that is a big relief because that is something I've been doing for nine years. It's income that I've relied upon. It is, I do enjoy it as well. Um, as I had said in a previous episode, this spring was the first year in nine years that they did not have sections for me to teach. So in some ways that was okay because I've been working on building this and building my business and my private practice and learning the insurance. I've also been in a really tough master's course in my master's program, my research methods course, which as you can imagine has been pretty challenging as well. 
But financially, not having classes this spring was was a hit. And I'm glad to see that in the fall, I will be back to teaching my students. And I teach I teach a general nutrition class. It's at Santa Rosa Community College. It is online. Um, and I teach, I've been teaching that, like I said, for a while. So it is a way that I can spread my message of this balance of self-compassion and discipline around food. It's, it's a way for me to spread this idea of our weight doesn't necessarily define our health and planting those seeds within my students of can we do behavior change and we can we do nutrition and exercise in a way that feels uh, sustainable, supportive, positive. Uh, can we do all of this without beating ourselves up? Can we can we bring that gentle curiosity to ourselves and balance that out? So anyway, it's a way that every semester for all these years, I've reached students with my messages. And of course, I teach them the basics too. What's a carbohydrate and all of those things. Um, we talk about all some of the biochemistry as well, vitamins, minerals. Uh, so it's basic nutrition. But I also like to, of course, add my spin on it around ways that we can be more in line with with our nutrition and exercise. With the Nutrition Insight Project, I have given a 45-minute guest lecture, kind of a master class, uh, to two different student groups. And I'm hoping to squeeze in another one or two in the spring and definitely working on getting some going in the fall. So I have a few colleges and internship programs that have reached out. So another way that I'm trying to work on spreading the message. So if you work in, uh, if you work with nutrition students and you would be interested in having me present this uh, via Zoom, uh, it's like, again, a 45-minute course. And I just go over the basics of why this work is important for future nutrition professionals to have such a good foundation, why that is important and then just talk a little bit about avenues for getting support and finding recovery. I appreciate you all and I hope that whatever you're doing right now, if you're walking, if you're cleaning, if you are on a bus, if you are driving, whatever, I just know that I'm thinking of you, I appreciate you, and I hope that you have found this helpful. And I'm so thankful you're here in my community and I love you, you're doing great, and be well, my friends. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Nutrition Insight Project podcast. Please rate and review if you've enjoyed what you've heard. Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have nutrition friends or dietitian friends or anyone who you might think would like the podcast, please share. Word of mouth is the best way to get the podcast out into the world. If this is something that speaks to you and you want more information about any of my offerings, please reach out at nutritioninsightproject at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions on topics you'd like me to cover or guests that you'd like me to have on, or if you would like to be a guest, also please reach out. You can find me on the social media places at Nutrition Insight Project or Hannah Saffold. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day and that you have found value in today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.